Welcome, everybody. I'm Lauren McBeacon, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am Kelly Frankie, associate marriage and family therapist. And together, we are purely OCD. We sure are. We're getting together every week, and we are talking about every little thing OCD, one subtype at a time. We try to bring a little humor to our discussion because, let's be honest, laughter can help us through a lot of tough moments. It really can. This week, we'll be talking about moral scrupulosity. And as usual, we will be covering obsessions, compulsions, and the fun stuff exposures. There's also a little Q&A at the end. And if you would like to join us in the future, we meet every Monday at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And please note, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. Indeed, indeed. And we hope that you find it as such and have a little fun with us too. Mm -hmm. And with that said, without further ado, here is Moral Scrupulosity. Welcome, everybody, to our discussion of Moral Scrupulosity, OCD. Yay. Welcome. Welcome. How are you, friend? I'm tired. How are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just life is crazy. Life is and it's full mm -hmm. in a good way. In a good That's way. good. Yeah. <clears throat> good, good. So shall we dive in? Shall we talk? Moral Scrup is one of my absolute favorites. It's one that I've experienced. It's one that I've seen a lot. Um, yeah. Yes. I don't know, I don't know Do if you, you wanna... have any thoughts. Mm. Okay. Have, yes. Thank you oh. for helping. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Goodbye. See you. Don't See judge you. us. So it's good. You're leaving. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. you want to describe it in a nutshell for us? Yeah. Let me put, let me put it on my box. brain uploads. Yeah. Upload. Um, so Moral scrupulosity is a lot like the religious scrupulosity that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. The main difference is that the code by which you're judging your uh, worth or your merit or whether or not you're doing it well enough is by your own morals and ethics rather than the ascribed morals or ethics of uh, a faith. And not that they're mutually exclusive. I've certainly seen people who have religious scrupulosity also have moral scrupulosity. But um, that's the main point that differentiates them. Otherwise, it's just wanting to live perfectly by a moral standard, essentially, and not liking mm -hmm. uncertainty that you're not, potentially. Right. How'd I do on the nutshell? Is yeah, it in there? I, think you, I think you nailed it. And just to remind everybody, um, you submit questions ahead of time and we're going to answer them if we have time at the end um, and if we get through all of those and we still have time then we're going to scroll scroll through and try to answer the questions on the feed but they will only be applicable for this topic yes good good cool. reminder can I also give a reminder of how awesome your sticker is I know water I need to, bottle well thank you I need to I advertise it. it I haven't Love I love Kelly's sticker. <laughs> you can't read it because it's backwards, but it says you are not your thoughts. I would have turned into chocolate by now, which I really related to. So I had to get it. Or a cat. Or a cat. Yeah. Or a cat. Because I think about cats. Not eating yeah. cats, of course. 
But wow. are you but sure? That, I'm sure that will pass my mind now that it's, hold on, I have to get my glasses because I'm so unfocused right now. I don't know what happened, but my Maybe brain had a glitch earlier. Bring in a focus. Hello. Hello. Friends. I hope so. I need to get it together. Okay. That's okay. Let's stay off the rail today, Toodles. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So, so yeah, so any other thoughts on, on what moral scrupulosity is? Do you think that there's um, kind of a layover with like the over-responsibility stuff mm-hmm. a bit? Yeah, I, I, yeah, say more about how you feel that though, because I, I imagine it overlapped. <clears throat> but. Right, so the over-responsibility is feeling like you're responsible for other people's uh, life experiences. I don't know. Like as if I'm trying to, I'm sorry, my brain's not on right now. No, it is on though. Cause that's, that's, I I think what I was, what I see as the overlap between the two is the concentric circles that meet around emotional harm and moral scrupulosity. That's true Um, for sure. But I don't more that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, that I don't think they all of moral scrupulosity lives in that realm, though. No. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I know some of my own moral scrupulosity has been very selfish, so not about other people. Just I need to be perfect, <laughs> not right. for anybody else, but because otherwise <laughs> I'm not going to live my life right, you know? Right. That's, right. Obviously, for anyone who's watching, I don't actually think I need to do that, but, you know, to give some insight into the operations of our good friend OCD yeah such a good friend dear friend (laughs) this man (laughs) yeah so what are common obsessions would you say would be so this is a really interesting one because I think that the com the obsessions can be very very broad in my experience Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually working on an article right now that talks about how moral scrupulosity can sometimes latch on to um, substance use disorder and recovery. So like that's a really random niche thing where moral mm-hmm. scrupulosity can show up, but it's, I think right. because everyone's morality is so different, it can be pretty varied. What do you think? No, I agree. Can you give me an example for that one to give? I mean, I think I know where you're going with this, but... Yeah, so one of the ones that we give in the article, not to give too much away, but uh, something to the effect of what if I did something really awful when I was drunk and I don't remember it and I, now I'm, I'm living a lie because I, and I'm not, I'm not owning up to my part because right. I'm a horrible person. And I need to, and that's just, and that's, again, concentric circles is where that fits in with the, um, like false memory stuff. I was just going to say the false memory. Yeah. Yeah. Or even real event stuff. Totally. Yep. Yeah. So it can have to do with real events. It can have to do with false memories for sure. It can just have to do with whether or not you're being moral enough in this present moment. Ooh. Yeah. I guess I never would say more about this present moment. Like whether or not something like a choice that you're making is perfectly moral, like whether mm. or not it's the right way to go, like 
okay, should I like do this, this thing? Decision make. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like how to experience the present moment. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I've heard that, but <laughs> it sounds like something OCD would do. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Bastard. Bastard. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. And all Absolutely. the tenses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all the tenses. For anyone who's watching later who can't see the comment, um, the the comment was uh, false memory and real events stuff are both huge in my moral group obsessions as well as present as present all the tenses. Ha ha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. Indeed. Ha ha. Um, yeah. So it could be. I know there's been somewhere people like. What, Oh, I'm sorry. My doorbell just rang. Did you hear that? Is it Mr. Rogers? I wish it was. No, it's not. Um, It's (laughs) probably Amazon. I don't know why, but I love Mr. Rogers so much. Everyone loves Mr. Rogers. If you don't, I'm concerned. Okay. I am. Okay. Sorry if I offended anyone. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. So So there you go. That's actually an example of me feeling anxious about offending somebody. And that could come out in morals group, apologizing. That's really sure, a good one, yeah. Yeah, making sure that Whoa. you're clearly understood perfectly to ensure that nobody is misunderstood it in a negative way. Yeah. That was such a, that was, that deserves a high five, friend. Did like you like my five. insight? I almost that let was that beautiful. one go. And I was Man. like, nah, I'm going to just in the moment deal with it. It was gorge. It was beautiful. I loved cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Um, yeah. So I, I, I wish I could be more specific though, in terms of what obsessions could come up. It just feels like it's so broad, you know, they're still knocking you guys. Oh my God. The call is coming from inside. Oh, I don't like this. I don't, I'm feeling so uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm going to close. I'll be back. I'm going to close the door. Okay. Call 911. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh dear. I'm really hoping we don't lose Kelly guys. Um, but yeah, exactly. A huge fear of, of offending someone. And I think that that's a big part of moral scrupulosity. Um, being 100% truthful comes up a lot and being kind all the time, right? If your moral compass and this, sorry, I went off on a tangent. While that's we lost okay. You. I'm glad, we glad it was me that came back though. Oh and it God. wasn't someone like, <laughs> like with your head. Oh, <laughs> awkward. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, guys. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say though, that this is where treatment and values can also get hit with OCD, right? Is like the sort of, well, I have these values that I'm trying to live by, but am I living closely aligned or aligned enough to them in any given moment. That's something like that would be an obsession in the realm mm-hmm. of morals group. Yeah. Yeah. Another one we see is um, what if I'm cheating, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they're looking at somebody and they find another person attractive and they're in a yeah. relationship, they might be concerned that some other cheating or um, being, being imperfectly um, faithful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, like any form of OCD, it just really likes the gray areas of life. It does. It likes to weasel its way in there and be like, nope. Right. Like any white bad. lie, I think was what I was going to say earlier. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think we had touched on this a bit last week when we were talking about scrupulosity 
And we're like, oh, we should talk about morals group. But it was something like if somebody um, is worried about lying to their boss or their partner and they ask you something like, well, what did you have on your sandwich today? And you say like, oh, I had ketchup, but really you had mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great example, but that was at the top of my head. No, but I actually think that is a great example because it's a totally innocuous lie that would really piss off OCD and make it want to get you to confess. Mm -hmm. Definitely make you anxious that you've done something imperfect. Yes. Yeah. Are there any others that we can... In terms of the specifics? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I think I I was mentioning when you were gone, just obsessing about being kind enough or being uh, truthful enough. So that kind of is in the realm of the white lies. Um, Um, Feeling genuine enough too can come up. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And are you being like in that, like a good enough friend or a good enough, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all, but that's the thing. We, we were, we're spending all this time extracting and putting things into our little our boxes. boxes. But the reality is they're all, there it is. There's the real box. I don't have, I've never mm-hmm. had a real box. So just the AirPods. Um, you just opened yourself up to a really good joke, but let's just keep oh, going. Wow. Wow. I like that. I wish you'd just gone for it. Okay. Uh, no. You kind of did. But... I just, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did in a really awkward way. Shocking. the best. The best. Uh, okay. so what about compulsions? I guess. Good enough, mom. Yes, absolutely. Am yeah. I being good enough? Am I enough for any yeah. moment? Yep. Do I rise to the, the occasion perfectly at whatever occasion that is? Say more. I just going to say that I can see it coming up in the realm of parenting with like, am I modeling the right things? And what if I, did something imperfect in front of my child and now they think that's okay. And now I've ruined their life too. Sounds like something that already is in my head. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. Good thing that children don't allow you to be perfect. So you're just, you just have to move past it. (laughs) It's got to go with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, yeah. Compulsions. Compulsions, I'd say confessing is a big one yeah. with this one. Totally. Yep. Not wanting. So, yeah, just wanting to get it all out there. Just let me clarify 100% so you know everything. Let I me tell an anecdotal in. about this. Ooh, I want an anecdote. Thank you. Okay. When I was very young, this is one of my like top 10 memories. When my memory came online, um, my cousin and I, we're playing and I, I don't even know what we're playing. She's seven years older than me though. And she was always getting in trouble. And I was like the, oh, the good kid, right? <laughs> Little angel. Screw those kids. <sighs> those are the anxious <laughs> ones. Okay. True. <sighs> Poor babies. So anyways, the, there was a lock. I think I was hide and seek and there was a lock. I was hiding behind this little hook lock. I don't know if you ever had those. It's an old house, but yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. tiny little metal hook lock. And yeah. I was hiding in a closet and I, I actually broke the lock. And my grandfather was so PO'd and he never would get mad ever. And he was like, who broke this lock? I was like, Holly did. 
my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then just deep, just this, I felt sick to my stomach. And I remember saying, Papa, it was me. And then the moment I did it, it was like the best feeling ever. I had confessed and he said, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you that you came forward and you took results. Oh, setting so, up yeah. for a lifetime of moral scrupulosity. Right. Right. Which, by the way, that's probably a really appropriate response as a parent. Of course. But 100%. Some, yeah, you never know what how it's going to be uh, taken. So no. that's where my brain went. Yeah. Aww, relief. Sweet little Kelly. But that's the relief, right? That's the compulsive. I'm not saying that that was necessarily me being compulsive then. Could have been, but... The point is that I said, oh, that's all it takes now for me to continue that type of behavior. Is if I divulge, if I'm totally open and honest 100% of the time. Yep. Yep. OCD loves those black and white rules, right? It does. It does. Like, great. I know how to follow that. That's clear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Off the rails. Okay. What's another compulsion? I thought it was good. Um. Well, I think reassurance seeking as well. I think the compulsive confessing falls into that realm, but I think also just your traditional, do you think it's okay that I did this or is it weird that I did this or what if I'm doing something wrong? Am I doing something wrong here? Um, Or what do you think about this? Does this sound good? Do you think someone would be offended like this? Yeah. Yeah. Or even asking for, um, for reassurance with somebody, right? Same more. Like saying, oh, did I offend you? Did I Oh, just you? direct, direct yeah. hit. <laughs> just like, bam, <laughs> like battleship <laughs> sunk kind of situation, you know? F7, bitch. F7, bitch. <laughs> bam. Um, oh, yeah, my world. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes that happens where you just, you just ask it out front, outright. Mm-hmm. You know, just outright. Just, plugging for it's really good to educate your partners or your families or those closest to you so that they know when you're trying to f7 them you know when you're trying to when you're just trying to direct or seek reassurance <laughs> dude that was genius f7 um, <laughs> so sometimes that comes out okay um, oh and also compulsively apologizing yes yep that's a good one that's a absolutely happens all the time I'm so sorry did I offend you did I upset you did I hurt you um and I think maybe that speaks to what we see a lot of with moral scrupulosity even though it could be anything that you often see people who are afraid of being dishonest because honesty is such an important value or who are afraid of hurting somebody else or being unkind right because kindness is the golden rule yeah I mean, I'm thinking about the last time I got triggered around this pretty significantly was in a text thread. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I wonder if that person really heard what I was saying. Let me go back and reread what I said and then reread what they said and then want to go back and try to clarify. And, you know, every once in a while you'll get trapped and you do, but... I always say like, oh, I love clarification because it's a joke Yeah. With in my mind thinking <laughs> it's anxiety talking. Totally. The problem then is that it dovetails too. So if you get caught, and this is like with many compulsions, sometimes compulsions work, but sometimes with a compulsion, you 
ask, yes. you try to clarify and then you're oh. like, oh my God, do you think I'm weird for clarifying? Did I over clarify? <laughs> Am I thinking too much about this? Are you judging me right now? Like this is, I mean, yep. what it's like to live in an OCD brain. But see, so. when my friends who have OCD say stuff like that, I go, oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you so much. It's okay. Totally. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, we may or may not have done that once or twice on a, on a text thread. We might've done it out loud on a lot. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Everyone compulses from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. You're yes, you're right. So someone mentioned um, realizing scrupulosity overlaps with a lot of their themes. I think with a lot of other themes too, it's just that perfectionism. Yeah stuff. Matt asked, uh, what the live is about. It's about, um, moral scrupulosity and also heart eyes back at you. Heart eyes. How do we, <laughs> I don't know. Heart, heart. <laughs> I'm not going to do. Oh my God. Just, uh, out of control. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. So exposures, should we talk mm-hmm. about exposures? Let's yeah. do it. Let's do okay. it good. So we talked already about like lying about what's on your sandwich. So telling inoculus <laughs> lies that your anxiety is going to get PO'd um, about. And oh, I have a good one. What? Ooh, go. Okay. When you, this came from my therapist. I'm not going to take credit for it. But <laughs> when I feel anxious and I'm hanging up the phone or I finish a text and I don't compulse and then I go, screw you, <laughs> bitch. After they hang up the phone. It's so good. It, even saying right now, I feel anxious. I know. Right? Yeah. You feel no, like you've, you've hurt them when you say that. Even well, if you're I, laughing while you're saying it, it hurts. It's still like, ooh, but maybe I am really meaning that. Right. Yeah. Anyways, you're welcome, guys, for that one. I stole it from a different therapist. So. <laughs> well, uh, I stole this one from a different therapist too, as to really, and I, I think it kind of goes into the morals group slash uh, mental health obsessions category. Oh. Is um, <laughs> yes, all ears. <laughs> um, is it's essentially what you're saying, which is to be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best sociopath there ever was. I'm just gonna not damn give it. a good goddamn about that person because I want them to suffer because. I'm a whole other human being. Woo! Felt it. The, you feel I, that? I do. Man. Oh, oh dear. Fell. Oh, dear. See? <laughs> the world's coming undone because I was bad. Ah, oh, typical, Kelly. Typical. You got to huff it. You know what I mean? Like, you feel that feeling and you just got to go like, <laughs> right? Like. I'm sorry, you guys. We're really. I'm. Gross. I've lost. But you know what? That, I'm gonna say that's an actual helpful thing. Sometimes I'm in the middle of it, and I'm like, oh, I gotta really huff it. I just and it makes right. me laugh as well as so being good. like, I'm gonna breathe in, and I'm gonna make space for this mfer. Yeah, I'm worried about cussing on here now. Well, I said b i t c h multiple times, so good. I feel like I'm pushing the limit, guys. We're gonna we're gonna rein it in. But when moral scroop arises, sometimes you need to drop in a B-bomb. Yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while. So what other exposures we got? Um, 
Oh, and just a reminder, if you joined us later, if you have questions, throw them in the little question mark box next to the comments so that we can get to them at the end because we're not uh, answering as we go. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to read through a few so I get some ideas for exposures. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going to scan them. Yep, scan those puppies. It's not, you know, I would say it's not that it's unique type like form of OCD, but it's very unique in how it manifests. But I guess that's true for all. It's just they don't have like these generic grab bags of exposures for them. Totally. It's so individual and it's based on what you're scared that you're going to do wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you worry about cheating, right, then you might look at some attractive people. Oh, I'm dropping this thing. Why are you dropping me, Kelly? Stop dropping me. Because I drop everything in life. Okay. No. No. Okay. Okay. So you'd look at attract other attractive people and you'd be like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. I really want to hook up with him. Yeah. Damn. Attractive. Damn. Into it. Double damn. Soups into it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was I going to say? This kind of goes back to something that I kind of saw come through the feed, which is how do you navigate doing exposures that are based on moral scrupulosity without actually violating your morals. And I think that what we were talking about with these upset or these uh, exposures that don't, that they're completely silly. I think that the example I used the other week was I'm in a Starbucks when I was really in a coffee bean, right? Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's not like you're actually telling an important lie. Like, and if yeah. you have a partner or friend who then confronts you about it and they're like, yo, why did you say that and make a big deal out of it? Then maybe we should talk about whether or not they should be in your lives. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not you is all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that's no. come up a lot with my clients before. And I'm like, well, can we just let them do their exposures? Yeah. How, how about you just, back off Barbie how about you it's know? not about you yeah. <laughs> hello thank you thank you I agree sorry that was not yeah. very warm-hearted okay I I'm with you though sometimes you gotta okay. lay down the law so in terms of other exposures that you might do if you are afraid of being unkind you might set a boundary right which comes up a lot is that people who are afraid that being assertive or speaking their mind is going to somehow hurt somebody else. You can do that in a very kind way and that's really healthy for people, but it's also likely to be very anxiety provoking for somebody who has some of the sort of moral scrupulosity around kindness, which is where uh, anxiety and codependence find a beautiful loving union. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful news. <laughs> so, so we get lots of hearts today, guys. I like Thanks this energy. Hearts. This is fantastic, and I almost died because someone was clearly trying to get into my house because they Obviously. knocked a couple times. Hello, it wasn't Mr. Rogers. It was uh, Mike Myers. It, Mike Myers? Okay, <laughs> what? or oh, it was Freddie. Or it was Freddie. It was Freddie. 
Was Mike Myers well, in the movie Halloween? Was that yeah. Mike Myers? Okay. Okay. Yes. Happy almost so, Halloween people. So happy. Um. So I'm. You ready for questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this one, the person's talking about COVID stuff. And so dealing with OCD during COVID, how do I do exposures while being safe? I think this is around contamination stuff, which we're not going to address. However, however, I wanted to bring this one up because I think moral scrutiny plays a part in the COVID stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like, am I morally doing the right thing or the responsible thing? Um, with exposing myself to other people yep. or the potential of exposure. Yeah. And that's where that hyper-responsibility stuff that you were talking about at the beginning comes in. See, I knew it was in my brain for some reason. <laughs> there it is. Because you're okay. so smart. So, so how do you, yeah. but just to say oh. about that, like it's what, uh, with doing the exposures to the moral scrupulosity while being safe, right? Like that you can, sort of go by CDC guidelines as to what is like, I'm not going to encourage you to just go willy nilly out and about without a mask on. But if you need to go to the grocery store, that's probably going to come with some question of like, Ooh, but what is, this is the wrong move. Maybe I should, I don't know, have DoorDash come and deliver my groceries for me. Mm-hmm. But Which of course you can, but like if, like, let's just say that you right. need to get something really quick, you know, and no, there's this of fear of I'm going to do something wrong. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Of course. Totally. So hopefully that kind of gets at that question. I think, it, I think you nailed it. Yeah, so you totally nailed it. Thanks. So this person says my fiance suffers from scroop. How can I best support him? Mm-hmm. Fantastic question. Really fantastic question. Um, I think the best thing in these situations is to ask him. Agreed. Exactly what I was thinking. Because, but right. So for reassurance purposes, usually when we bring in the partner, um, we don't just remove all reassurances. We usually do it uh, scaffold based yeah. on what the sufferer agrees upon, and it's a mutual agreements because sometimes the person on the receiving end is so burned out at that point that maybe it's going to, they're going to have to reduce a little more just so they can not be so burned out too. So it's very dependent on the person and and the, the couple. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, John Hirschfield's book, when a family member has OCD is a really great book too, to, um, offer up some, thoughts on how to best support. Uh, Again, I think you're right about asking, but just getting education on how OCD works and and how you might approach even the questioning process. I think that book is really helpful. And I think it also helps because we want to make sure that you're not giving a ton of reassurance. Right. And this person says that their fiance doesn't know how he needs support. And I think I would challenge that a bit, you know, it's like, well, you can support him emotionally. It could be unrelated to OCD. It's like, I know you, I can tell you're suffering, right? And you can just be there with the person, but they might not know specifics in terms of 
OCD and um, removal of reassurance, which is where John Hirschfield's book would be stupendous. Stupendous. I think also, generally speaking, and I can't, we can't give specific information or. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Treatment. No, no, no. No, you didn't, I don't think. Um, but because of the fact that this isn't therapy, we can't provide specific advice. But what I will say is generally within the realm of partnerships with people who suffer that you want to support reassurance or not reassurance. You want to support accepting and tolerating uncertainty because that's at the, the core of pretty much every obsession is just how can I better be open to this unknown? And so if you find that your partner is suffering, that you can say, how can we open toward uncertainty right now? How can we tolerate the fact that we don't know this instead of trying to answer the question with the person? Right. And saying it's not that I don't love you because I do love you. Right. Because it can come off as like, you don't care. Yeah. And also OCD tantrums. And it will say things like that to try to get a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's the person. No. It's the disorder. Yeah. You get pretty desperate sometimes. So. Yeah. Oops. I was just about to ask a question in my own box. Oh. (laughs) Because. Hold on. Um, You have your own box? I'm so confused. I definitely do. Okay. (laughs) This is a good one. My friend is. I think I do. My friend is always asking, was that okay? How can I answer her without reassuring? This is a great one. Yeah. And I think it's tr- it's difficult because just by virtue of asking it and you not being like, no, was it okay? There's obviously going to be a flavor of reassurance in your continued interactions with one another. But... I find it, no, just, I think it's interesting that a lot of the questions that have been submitted are around the people that are not necessarily suffering, but on the receiving end, which goes to show how much confessing and reassurance seeking this particular flavor does have. And believe me, there's plenty of questions that are also the sufferer, but um, I don't know. I think it's indicative of the type of compulsions. Totally. I, I couldn't agree more. That's really interesting cool observation um you're welcome so but I think it kind of speaks to what we were just talking about in that you can recognize on a process level it's really difficult to tolerate not knowing what's in my head right now isn't it and I you got to get clearance from your friend before doing this because otherwise it's just going to be like why are you trying to be my treatment provider don't do that um but you can say if you've got permission from your friend, hey, do you think you're seeking reassurance right now? And if they're like, yeah, probably, you might say, well, it, it, it is really difficult not to know exactly what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling in this moment. But maybe I could just hold your hand as we walk through that uncertainty together. Right. Or if they're calling and you almost know they're going to be asking for reassurance, you can say, you know, like, I'm busy right now. Can I call you later? Yeah. I don't know. Depends on the relationship too, but yeah. Okay. So let me just, some of these are really long and I'm blind. So hold on. (laughs) 
thương hmm. okay it's hard these are you guys are asking really specific things that i don't think we can necessarily address um and if you want to adjust your questions for anyone one. who's here, just yeah. uh, as a, a thought, is that you can uh, submit more general questions. And that's what right. we're allowed to answer from this. And I'll pull through some of them and ask, ask more specifics on clarification. But for now, there's this one. And I think it's a good one. Does resisting guilt make it worse? How should we deal with guilt about things we can't control or excessive... Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Yeah, a great one. Should we take so, it piece by piece? Yeah, so the, the emotion of guilt, you want to start there? Yeah, So, and I think resisting any emotion makes it worse. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and say that off, off the cuff because yep. the emotional experience that comes with resistance is pretty unpleasant unto itself. It's a lot of grasping and gripping and tightening and tensing and trying to control something that's not within your control is generally not a very pleasant experience. So I I don't think that guilt is any Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think guilt is an exception to that. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think guilt and shame too, like those two are exceptionally, but they're exceptional buttheads. I don't know what else to say. I was going to say something really inappropriate, but um, yeah, we don't want to suppress any emotion, whether it's positive or negative, even though we don't want to judge them as positive or negative, let's say distressing. Yeah. Um, Yes. So first thing is we want to define guilt. Hmm. Do you want to, should I do that or do you ever... Well, I, I, sir, we can talk about sort of, I, I usually define guilt in comparison to shame. And oftentimes I think when people are talking about guilt, what they're really talking about is shame because guilt is pretty time limited mm-hmm. and it's constructive. And so it's a feeling that's meant to support our reflection over genuine wrongdoings versus shame which is I'm bad and everything like I can't change I just did this bad thing which makes me a bad person and right I'm undeserving right well but also with restructuring thoughts I think it's important to know that guilt is such a vastly inaccurate emotion half the time yeah right so it's people say like okay people with this version of OCD might say like I I called my coworker by her name is Susan, but I really called her Jill, right? Mm-hmm. And now I feel tremendous guilt. Okay, well, did you do something objectively wrong? Right. No, you just forgot her name. You just misspoke, right? And yeah. the amount of distress you are experiencing is so over the top. It's right. not like you got in a car intoxicated and drove a car and then got into a car accident and harms, harms somebody. Right. right. Like that should require guilt because guilt right. matches the facts. Yeah. But when guilt doesn't match the facts, that's when we want to kind of question it a bit. Yes. And ultimately though, cognitive distortions, if we 
it can get compulsive. So we wanted to say, but just to get out the gates, let's know what guilt stands for. Because guilt is meant to change behavior. Yes. Yes. And sometimes, to your point, that behavior change is just not necessary. There's nothing to be addressed or shifted. Right. Is that Freddy Krueger outside your house? Do you hear? So I think I know what's going on. <laughs> is it a chainsaw? They're, yes. They, are, they have a chainsaw. No oh shit. God. I'm not even no kidding. Shit. And I think they knocked on my door because they're, you know how I get really anxious about the trees and the winds yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So the yeah. storms are coming and they're trimming the trees and they're on our roof. So there you go. They, they got Solved permission. The yeah. Maybe. Sorry, Maybe. guys. Okay. So, and then in terms of dealing with guilt, de- dealing with the excess guilt that happens even if there's nothing factually indicating that guilt should be present, which happens all the time, just like we feel anxious, even though there's nothing factually indicating that we should feel anxious or that it would be uh, in our, to our benefit to feel anxiety, that it's about accepting that the feeling is there without engaging in any sort of compulsive behaviors, just like it, it is about accepting anxiety without without taking any action as though that anxiety is warranted or important. Right. Is the chainsaw rather loud or weak? Okay. No, no, it just came up and I, I thought it was so appropriate given that I was, you know, we were talking about Michael you Myers. getting your saw, saw, head sawed off earlier. Oh, wow. wonderful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> as long as I'm not sawing off the heads, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, sorry. I'm not okay with it, but that's... Sorry, not sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Okay. But we digress. Shall, shall we... Does that yes. answer? Are we good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Tori asks, why do you think Morals Group is a lesser known theme? Hmm. I don't know if it is a lesser known theme. Maybe it's a lesser talked about? Or what do you think? I agree with that. I It's... It's could not be that it's positive. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. It could be that it's positively reinforced as well. That's true. In society, right? Like it's like be a good citizen, be a good person. Oh, that was so nice. Like my grandfather, right? I confessed yeah. to him and he was like, I'm so proud of you. You made yeah. the right choice. Yeah. Good job owning up. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, the other thing I will say is that... I, I think that because it's so broad and because everyone's morality is slightly different, it's not as easy to talk about in, I, I think it's the thing that we've found ourselves in the midst of today as it's difficult to sort of rein it in and say like, well, this is a common obsession or this is a common compulsion because it's so varied. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, um, that's my thought. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I hope that answers it. Yeah. Let us know, Tori, if we need to clarify anything. We love clarification. (laughs) Sure do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So maybe we can address this one. Um, So can moral or religious scrupulosity make you afraid you will 
or want to do something against your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it sure can. It can say oh, like, indeed, indeed. What's, but what's your real intention there? Maybe it's bad. Maybe, maybe secretly you're just a bad person. And you really want to do that immoral thing, which yeah. can be really tough when you're then in the aftermath, reflecting on the thing and going, well, did I do the right thing? Well, what was my intention, right? Like this is a, a common question one would ask in order to determine whether or not they did something that was within their, their values. And there's probably some normalcy in asking them that question, but then of course it can definitely become compulsive because you're like, well, I don't know. What are my, what was my intention there? Did I intend this? And good luck trying to figure out what your intention was. Nightmare. Yeah. I can see like, you know, this is, there is a man, I'm sorry, swinging from a tree in a harness, you guys. You wouldn't believe what I'm seeing and I'm trying to keep a straight face. This is like our Halloween episode, I feel. Even though. Yo, you have no idea, Lauren. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, back on track. So this also shows like how I think emotional contamination comes up, right? Like I don't want to have the wrong intention and harm this person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. What I mean? Oh, Jelly I beans. see questions. Uh, anyway, Jellybean, um, I'm seeing questions sort of speed through really quick. And if you have one, throw it in the question mark box and we'll, we'll try and get to it as we're answering questions. Yep. Okay. So, okay. So this one is how to deal with guilt associated with false memories. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, we'd, we'd have to know more, but, and we can't speak to your specific so it's kind of like a catch-22 here. Yeah. But um, the same applies with the guilt, right? And I think the real event and false memories, I keep seeing them come up, and I don't want to keep bringing them up on the questions, but it goes to show that, like, yes, you're going to have things that you feel regret or remorseful over, but do we want to continue to ruminate over it and torture ourselves, right? It's like a form of punishment that's not doesn't match the crime. I lost you for a second. A form of punishment that's not. That doesn't match the crime. Absolutely. Well, and I think sometimes as a, as a form of compulsion, people will avoid doing things that make them happy because they don't feel like they're deserving of that. And I actually see that come up in other subtypes from a moral lens, like with, moral, uh, with a POCD. People who are mm. like, well, I have these awful thoughts. And so... I'm not deserving of being happy because I'm a bad person. It's sort of like POCD dovetailing into yes. to Moral's group. What an a-hole. I know. Such a jackass, really. Thanks, mm-hmm. OCD. We wrote the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for your input. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so can people in your life, yes, love her, can people in your life cause moral scrupulosity by making you feel you do things wrong and passing blame? Sort of, sort of like, like being the scapegoat, I think, is what. Okay. I think people can certainly 
feed into moral scrupulosity, right? They can know that you have this tendency to really absorb and, and take things on and, and play into that. Or right. even unintentionally. I don't mean to make everyone else sound like they're... Yeah, we can't speak to you specifically, right. but in, in generalities, if we're talking about, you know, the partner who got mad because you were really at Starbucks and not Pete's Coffee, then yeah. send them to my office, please, because I have some <laughs> things I need to say. You have you have to give them a high five in their face? <laughs> Kelly, Kelly likes high five in the face on those people. Bam. <laughs> No, I, and I don't that. know if that's necessarily your question. I'm totally just messing around on, yeah, you know, I am and I'm not, but um, I hope we answer it. Does that answer it? Yeah. I, I certainly think uh, if I can sort of do a follow-up on that too, that, and again, where codependency and, and moral scrupulosity can, can involve themselves with one another is that you can be more likely to absorb the blame because that maybe True. because of your family of origin or whatever that your, your tendency is to take blame from wherever it is around you and say like, Oh, it's something that I did. Um, right, and your also, default is I'm bad. I'm exactly the perpetrator. Yep. Toads my goats. Okay. So, yeah. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm not sorry. I mean, damn it. Yeah. No, tell me how much I, you're glad that you interrupted me, stupid Lauren. Oh, see? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. A lot of these others are very, um, they're not related to the theme. So I want to just remind you guys, if you have specific questions, we've covered a lot of subtypes of OCD already and you can find it on our either of our IGTV channels purely OCD um but oh, there was clarification yes okay let me look well I think oh I'll let you read and then I'll wait is it is the clarification in the feed I happened to oh, see it, oh, it sort of landed in the bottom of the feed. Shelly commented back. Um, well, again, okay. we can't speak to your specifics here. What I can say is that childhood experiences can sort of advocate for or instigate uh, moral scrupulosity. Like this, okay, well, I, you know, I shouldn't tell somebody because I'll get in trouble. Right? You can see that happening in the case of molestation, right? That that happens quite often, where it's like you can't tell anybody because if you told every anyone, we'd both be in trouble. And right, or I'd you know, harm someone you know. Or... Right, and so there is this sense of I need to keep things a secret because otherwise somebody else is going to get hurt. Is that maybe. Well, yeah, and I think on this one, it's like sisters reinforcing this, right? Like, oh, you know, this is your fault that you did this. Kids are so mean to each other, too, by the way. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. And, oops, and the reality is, though, is that you have to already have, like, this predisposed genetic makeup for a statement like that to then be expressed. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely. That helps. Okay. Um, so are we out of questions? I think for this group stuff, yes. There's okay. lots of real event. It's all repetitive, so. Well, is the real event group related or no? Well, it was just basically tail spinning okay, so. off of what we talked about earlier, which is how to deal with the guilt and the overlap of real event things that have occurred. Like, for example, maybe um, lying on a college application. I don't know. But I think it, it does speak to how often, actually, that's a great one, by the way. I saw people who had uh, anxiety about that, especially in light of the college admission scandals that were happening what was mm -hmm. last year. Uh, brought up a lot of oh, velocity yeah. stuff for people around that. But and I the think, Me Too movement, by the way. We had a lot oh, of clients that came in yeah. with that one. Yep. It does, it does tend to come up a lot around wanting to be good enough in that realm of, of whatever's coming up in, in the moral justice, moral justice landscape. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say that off the, the real event and all of this talk of guilt really speaks to the fact that more, maybe you already said this, forgive me if you did, but no, more please. often that guilt comes up a lot in this subtype, even potentially. Right instead yeah. of what we might experience as anxiety. And the trouble is that because we take often take the feeling of guilt as an indicator that we need to confess, that if you're just going based on what you've learned about morality, that it can be very, very confusing. Yes. Right, because that's a feeling that we're told to listen to. Yeah. Um, actually, there's one, do we have time for one more? I don't know. I don't know what time it is, to be honest. Well, we our countdown hasn't occurred, so. No. Um, so, the, so the OCD memes ask, can you talk more about how we are both good and bad? Ooh, I like talking about this. We, yeah, this is a, usually a really fun topic for therapists. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to start chewing? And I'll... I think you start chewing. How about that? Okay. All right. I'll chew. Um, I think there aren't such, uh, we, we look at the way we talk to children and we don't say you're a bad girl or yeah, a bad girl or a good girl or a bad boy or a good boy. You are, your behaviors are potentially good or bad. And so I think that ascribing good or bad to a person suggests that this characteristic is somehow immutable, which we know isn't true. Right. People can change. People can repent. People, you know, we, that's what our entire justice system is based on, is that you can go and you can, uh, you can serve time to acknowledge the things that you've done. So I think Although, that that's a, yeah. it's not the best at really setting them up for success. Just no. Sidebar. Legit, no sidebar. I totally, one hundred percent agree that it's not great at what it's intended to do. I wish, right? Yeah, but the concept is fantastic. Of course, it just doesn't happen. Reform isn't. Yeah, 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 for sure. But ultimately, yeah, the we're both good and bad because none of, and because how do we know 
It's such subjective. a cool philosophical. Yeah, it is subjective and it's based on so many different factors that you can't know when you're making a decision, right? Like, or what's a good or bad decision? There isn't one. Right. If we really we want can't. to go deep. Right. Well, because how do you know? Okay. And trigger so everyone maybe, into existence. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, did you, you've heard the maybe yes, maybe no story, right? One of my story? favorites. Well, it's like a parable. It's the old man. It's always an old man. I don't know why. It's, it's always an old man. It's an old man. It's an old woman, actually. It's an old woman. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We're not too old. She has a a, a teenage son, late teens, so whatever. But it's a a person who lives in a village. (laughs) It's a cat. It's a cat who lives in a village. Uh, It can't actually because you'll see. So we'll just go with the old man. So the old man lives in the village, and he... Oh my God, now I've lost track, Toodle. Oh dear. Dude, it's me. So what happened? No, no, I went with it too. So the, oh, right. So the old man living in the village, his horse runs away. And all of the townspeople say, oh, how awful. That's just terrible. I'm so sorry. And the old man says, "Eh, maybe yes, maybe no. Yeah. So... Uh, then the horse comes back with a bunch of other wild horses and the whole village is like, what good fortune. Right. Right. Good for you. I have never heard this story. You haven't. Oh my God. It's my favorite. It goes on a little bit. And then, so of course now he's got all these horses. Good for him. But then his son, right. And here's where the son comes into play is on one of the horses and he gets bucked off and he breaks his leg. I was going to say, and he dies. No, but he doesn't course. quite die. No. But, so in that instance, it's not good, right? So, so it's not good. And then the townspeople are like, oh, it's horrible. I'm so sorry for your, you know, son. But then a week later, there's a war nearby. And so the, there's a draft that comes up and all of the villagers that are in his son's age group are drafted except for him because he's got a broken leg. And the Boom. whole town Silver says, lining. Wow. Amazing. But I think that the point is that it's both, right? It's always back and forth and things like the, whether or not something is fortunate or unfortunate is wholly dependent on the circumstances. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.